0: Sports talk, where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones.
1: Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Q, it's eleven and fifteen in Hummels. Wharfing online at SunburyMotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great pre-owned inventory. Fabulous service department. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. You know, I always like that when I literally get off the phone with Jack Ham. I don't know, 90 seconds before the show opens. And then I pick up my phone and there's an email that somebody wants to interview Jack and me together. And I thought, well, I, it would have been great if you could have sent me that a half hour ago when he called. <laughs> timing, it's all timing. <laughs> oh my goodness! It wasn't Susquehanna Life Magazine, so just so you know. Matt, when is the uh, the profile on the on the suit in Susquehanna Life magazine because I mean he is part of the critical fabric of Susquehanna Life don't you think uh-oh no answer oh man here is your chance to like make the big guy look good okay uh by the way our roundtable discussion is today uh bottom of the hour. And tomorrow, Ruben Frank of NBC Philadelphia will be on talking about the Eagles. I mean, again, these all these Eagles interviews, by the way, are just trying to talk Matt off the ledge.
2: <laughs> Although I have to say, Ruben Frank today had a follow-up column saying that it's time to give Jalen Hurts some more playing time, and I have to kind of disagree a little bit
1: playing time as a specialty player
2: uh, kind kind, whatever way you can get him on the field to help, just to help get some explosiveness out of the offense and give it some excitement which I think you can to an extent I just don't want to see Carson Wentz get fully taken off the field because if you want your quarterback to get back in the swing of things and knock whatever this is out of himself you can't take him out of the game to knock out his rhythm. I, I've just never been a two-quarterback system guy. I didn't like it when the Eagles did it with McNabb and Vic. I, I just think it, you can't win in the NFL, sustain that at least, with two quarterbacks going in and out. You want to use him maybe on the goal line or in a random gadget play here and there. You want to throw the ball to him. If you want to put him in the backfield with Wentz and give him the ball or, or do a direct snap to him, something like that, that's fine. Just don't take Wentz off the field.
1: See, it's Thursday. You're still not over it yet. <laughs> I mean, this whole thing about I turned the corner on Wednesday, that's a lie.
2: I, I just I, I need a win. I need a win. I, I do I think they're going to win on Sunday? I you need
1: a win. Isn't I, I, doing this show every day a win for you?
2: Oh, of course. That uh, that goes without <laughs> saying. <laughs> this show is what keeps me off the ledge. <laughs> the way we have other good stuff to talk about, like Penn State coming Great. back.
1: Great. Yeah. By the way, by the way, tonight on the coaches show is going to be Carolyn Keeger, the Lady Lion head basketball coach, and Joe Lorg will talk special teams this evening. So that means in consecutive weeks you've had the head football coach James Franklin, then the defensive coordinator Brent Pry, then the offensive coordinator Kirk Shiraka, and this week the special teams coordinator Joe Lorg. So if you put the four of them together, I think it gives you a pretty well-rounded thought process of what the coaches are thinking, because uh, they've now made the transition. They have now gone from, you know, you've heard me reference several times, quote, skill instruction, which is what that 12-hour-a-week deal was. That, that's what they referred to it as, was skill instruction. Starting yesterday, they started preseason practice. Okay? So they're into that now into preseason practice, officially. And let's see how it goes from there. As for the Eagles, they're going to their third game of the season. And um, as you can tell from what Matt's thinking, it's it's just not good. It's just not good.
2: I think they're going to win on Sunday. I'm just not fully confident in saying that quite yet. I'm surprised they're a six and a half point favorite. I can I can tell you that.
1: Okay. Look at the helmet. Does the helmet have stripes on it at the top? <laughs> I'm asking you.
2: No. Oh, all oh, the, the hel- that they're facing. Yes.
1: Yeah. You're a six and a half point favorite. All right, so. <laughs>
2: Luckily, they're not, on our, they're not on our list of picks for tomorrow. I just got it from the King.
1: They should be on there. Because <laughs> I want to I hear you whine, moan, and complain. <laughs> it's
2: all right. We gotta, we got lots of better games to choose from this week. Good slate, by the way, this week.
1: Uh, this week, by the way, marks the 20th anniversary of when Adam Talaferro got hurt at Ohio State if you can believe that 20th anniversary Uh, I'll never It's. I remember I don't know what year it was, it was in the 2000s and I was speaking to a group and someone said what is the greatest moment you've announced and of course I can't name one there's always like 15 of them so it's never a short answer and what's the worst you ever announced? And this is like this question was asked after Penn State had gone through the the four losing seasons out of five. So I said, Well as for the worst, and there were snickers in the crowd and I said, no, nah. I said I said, just, I said, Can you settle for one second? I said, Just give me a chance here. I said, When Adam Talaferro got hurt. And, of course, everything went silent. Because I didn't want, you know, you didn't want to, you don't want to embarrass somebody who's like, you know, because they're thinking about the losing seasons and things like that. Which, you know, I understand that part. But, like, when it comes to the worst, that's an easy answer because it's just awful. When it happened, number one, you know how uh, it was um, last month, of course, Dr. Sebastianelli, his name came up a couple times. I can tell you in no uncertain terms that Wayne Sebastianelli saved Adam Talaferro's life. He knew and figured out right away what the problem was and made sure nobody touched him and he told him specifically, don't move. When everybody was gathered around, the we we knew it was bad but of course we didn't quite know and then we looked at the replay and we thought okay you know it's you know it's serious but you know to, at this point you're only looking at replays and we know how cautious medical personnel have become with injuries like these so often like oh thank goodness you know it turns out they're all right and I know BTN is doing a one-hour feature on this. Because uh, they got a hold of me, I don't know, I want to say they got a hold of me a couple months ago about this, maybe three months ago about this. And they said, do you remember what you talked about? And I said, the producer's name is Scott. And I said, Scott, I said, I'll said, i be honest with you. I said, I've only heard it one time. Because uh, we're on for 20 minutes straight at least and it felt like two hours and because you don't want to take a commercial break during this because you know it's bad uh now how bad you're sitting there you're guessing you don't know how bad it is but you know it's bad and i said i've only heard our comments one time because they did it because it was ABC or CBS, one of the two on Thanksgiving Day, Georgia was playing Georgia Tech. And they did a halftime feature on it and they used some of our audio from it. It's the only time I've ever heard it. So I told Scott that. I said, I, I, said, I don't know where the tape is, anything that they, you're going to have to find out because I don't know where it is. I said, I've only heard it that one time. I'll tell you when I really knew it was, oh my God was i came in to the stadium and instead of bringing my bag i'm talking about my clothing bag you know my suitcase I and mean, it's not really a suitcase you know these are all you know athletic bags that we put stuff in instead of bringing it up into the booth cuz i didn't want to go through the security with the bag at at the, at the gate i put it in the locker room with the idea that game's over, we're going to come down. Boom! I'll just go in the locker room, take the bag, get on the bus, and go home. So I had to go to the locker room to get the bag. And then when I got down there, Tom Venerino was on the phone, and Joe was there, and Joe's face was ashen. I thought, "Oh my goodness!" You know, I knew it was bad, but this is worse than even I I thought it was. Knew it was bad. But it was way worse than I thought it was. And I remember, Joe had to make a really hard decision. You now, as the leader of the team, do you go back with the team? Do you go to the hospital with Adam? What do you do? And so the decision he made was was to go back with the team, to get on the Penn State plane and go right back. So the team landed to go right back to Columbus to be there with Adam and and his family. His father Andre is a great guy. Addy, I mean, they're just great people. And then the next week they played Purdue. And I remember that I had to MC the prayer service on the steps of Old Main. The Purdue game was against Drew Brees and Purdue. And then Purdue ended up going to the Rose Bowl that year. They won the Big Ten Championship with Drew Brees at quarterback. And Troy Sutherland was a heck of a wide receiver they had. Penn State won the game 22-20. It was emo- the emotion in the stadium was unbelievable. One of the underrated MVPs of all this was Joe Sarah. Joe Serra, every day, and this is not an exaggeration, when I mean every day, every day was in contact with the Talaferro family, either by phone or actually physically being there at the hospital with them. All the time. Joe Sarah was around all the time. And his recovery from this has been unbelievable. If you notice with Adam, there's that one thumb where it's, it's still not quite right with him. And part of the, that there's a story behind that. In the Adam, believe me, when I, Adam Talaferro was a heck of a prospect, I mean, really good. And you're sitting there going, hey, this guy's going to be a good player. They were scrimmaging in Beaver Stadium. And I remember the uh, offense was going left to right in the press box. And they threw a, a dump off to Eric McCue, at about the 35, 40-yard line. And Talaferro came up and, boom, and cut him down. And when he did, he he dislocated his thumb. So that thumb was actually in a cast for the first I don't know, three weeks of the season. And they just taken the cast off. Which meant, of course, now he could start rehabbing the thumb. Now, he could play, they could tape it up and whatever, but he just started rehabbing the thumb. Well, obviously, he couldn't re- rehab the thumb after, after this happened. But... When he ran through the tunnel at, at the stadium, it was unbelievable. The emotion in the stadium, they're going to play Miami, and I can't believe, and that was 20 years ago. 21, you know, 20 years ago it happened. 19 years ago he ran through the tunnel. After... After what had happened in September in Columbus, I, you know it would be hard to envision that he would have been able to do that. It's been one of the more remarkable things you've ever seen. But, wow. It's been 20 years. 20 years. We have our high school football roundtable coming up. Uh, the bottom of the hour. we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to get into it. Can't wait. Uh, today's show brought to you by our Great friends at Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Final hour of the show. Uh, We'll take your calls to see if you can talk Matt off the Eagles' ledge. We'll come back with more in a moment. Again, I'm 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 getting worried. I'm just concerned. I'm, I'm I'm concerned. I knew you were off your game because I gave you a chance to praise the jacket and tie at the beginning of the show. You didn't take it. <laughs> I had it all set up where you're going to get—I mean, like a huge raise. The whole thing. Now they don't know what to do. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. We're just going to go out and get ourselves a Sunbury Motors vehicle. We're going to drive to Philadelphia. We're going to have Matt talk right to uh, Doug Peterson (laughs) face-to-face.
2: Actually, if anybody wants to watch the game this weekend around here, they're going to have to do that because there's an Eagles-Steelers conflict. They're both at 1 o'clock on CBS, and the Steelers are going to be shown here in this area this week.
1: Well, that's what happens when you're two and zero versus zero and two. No, I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> you know I don't care either way who's on. You know, I just you know it's it's too bad they both can't be on. Hmm. I wonder why they did that. I wonder why they they scheduled a game that would be in that category. The, the NFL usually better about stuff like that.
2: This happened last year too. The Steelers had a one yeah. o'clock game. I think it was against Baltimore. And then the Eagles played the Jets. They both had 1 o'clock starts on CBS. Steelers got the nod. Eagle fans had to go elsewhere to try to find the game.
0: But the Eagles were playing the Jets.
2: Doesn't matter. I still want to watch my team. And here's the other thing, too, NFL. The scranton wilkes market, which, of course, is uh, covers this area. So WYOU is technically Philadelphia market, so to speak. So the Eagles should be on there, not the Steelers.
0: But they were playing the Jets. It wasn't even a real game.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's true. The Eagles one handedly, but still.
0: It was the Jets.
2: Well, hopefully the same outcome will happen for the Eagles this Sunday. Well, well based, on what
1: based on what you're saying, it's bad. It's just bad.
0: Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors.
1: 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Time now for our high school football roundtable. We're now to week three of the high school season. We'll start with Zach Showers and Seals Grove. So, Zach, tough week. So, what do they need to do to bounce back after a tough week?
3: Yeah, I think tomorrow night's going to be one of those games where it would be really nice if Seals Grove could hit some plays early and get some positive momentum. Uh, last week against Central Mountain, uh Seals Grove just really couldn't do anything offensively. They were held to just 131 yards. Uh, and I think tomorrow night, they, they just really have to get that offense going, and that's that's easier said than done About a, against a, a pretty aggressive Shemokin team.
1: Alright, so let's get into that, because Look, for years of doing this segment about Sealand's girls' prolific offense, even when it changed a little bit last year, they still could move the ball. How tough is that when you're suddenly out of nowhere? You can't move the ball like that last week.
3: Yeah, it's very tough, and I think the, the thing last week that was difficult was it wasn't necessarily one of those weeks where there wasn't anything going. It was also a lot of missed opportunities. Uh, the, the defense and special teams had created two opportunities where Selinsgrove had the ball within inside the five-yard line, and in fact they had the ball at the one-yard line at one point and a penalty and a couple negative plays, and Selinsgrove only walked away with three points. Uh, despite having that. And then later in the game, they were able to take the ball down to the 16-yard line and also came out of, of that with um, with nothing as well. So yeah, I, th- I think um, you're going to see a little bit more back to the basics tomorrow night. Uh, Shemokin has a, has a pretty aggressive defense, um, but there's also a fair amount of room in the middle of the field there. Um, they're going to put eight guys in the box. So I, I expect Sealens Grove to come out and try to make some plays and get past that first line of defense. And if they're able to do that, uh, there's some big plays. But if not, you can be looking at some negative, negative plays in the backfield.
1: Uh, how many guys does uh, she- Sealens Grove have playing both ways right now, Zach?
3: Um, I, starting, you're probably looking at seven or eight. Um, and and that is, that's been a big theme right now. Um, defensively, they have been very, very solid, only giving up 13 points. And I mean, most weeks, if you can give up 13 points in two games, uh, you expect to be 2-0. and um, But mm-hmm. we've kind of seen that a little bit of fatigue. It seems like a lot of those starters are playing, uh, playing very fast, very quick on defense, and then they're getting to offense, and there's a little bit of a let-up on offense with going full speed. So that's definitely an area that, uh, the Seals coaching staff is trying to find creative ways to get some guys off the field and and get some some of the younger guys some time to play and to give a break.
1: What's a good matchup with Shamokin? I mean, where can maybe Seals Grove match up with this team?
3: Um, I I think defensively that that they should be fine. Um, this is a team that, like I said, they've only given up two scoring drives in the first two games. There's opportunities there to make some plays on the defensive side of the ball and hopefully set up um, set up some field position, uh, especially up front, if they can get those defensive linemen up the field and uh, create some turnovers that, are, that will help. And uh, like I said a little bit earlier, there are some plays that can be made on Shemokin's defense. It's just handling those assignments up front and hopefully being able to get some athletes out in space to make some plays.
1: Zach, always a pleasure. You do great work. Thank you so much.
3: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
1: All right, so that's on Eagle 107. Now let's transition to News Radio 1070 WKOK, where Shikalumi is in action tomorrow night. And the Chief Dave Ritchie joins us. Dave, welcome. It's great to have you back, my friend.
4: That's good to be here, Steve. Thanks for having me on. All
1: right, so let's start with an Apollo 13 question. Where... (laughs) Where... Gene Kranz looks around everybody and says, "All right, let's start with this. Tell me what what we have in the spacecraft that's good. So, what? Tell me on the spacecraft for for, for chick what's good?
4: Well, after Friday night's game, uh, two things. Probably we have a pretty good punter, and we also have uh, uh, we didn't have any penalties. So, there's those two things were positives, but." After that, um, it was it was one of those nights where nothing nothing seemed to go well. I I remember many times telling Kevin that uh, there were out of the eleven defensive players from Jersey Shore, there'd be eight of them that were around the ball carrier when they made the tackle. It uh, it was it was quite a quite a display of I think one of the uh, best uh, defenses that I've seen in a long time. uh offense uh, was held to uh, 25 yards, and that's that's uh, that's not good. It just seemed like they couldn't get anything going. But um, yeah, I, I know that's kind of kind of tough to say. But our punting and no penalties were probably the two things that yeah. that we that that I could say were positive during that game.
1: Usually, Dave, I'm not a big believer, and it carries from one season to the next. Because look. People get older, people graduate, new people come in. It's a different dynamic. But is there a concern that because last season was a really rough one and this is a really rough start, that there's a confidence oh. issue?
4: It seems It seems that both this season and last season started out the same with uh, with, with not having a lot of good offensive plays and the defense giving up a lot of points. But if you remember last last year in the middle of the season, Chickalemans, Went up to Central Mountain, scored over fifty points, and then went on a roll where they won for the next five games. Um, and I, I think that that could happen again because we're gonna. I, I, think they ran into two of the best teams that are in their division right away: Central Mountain and Jersey Shore. And you know, Films is probably the third best one there. But uh, you know, if they get I, I, when, when Zach said that field girls can have some positive things happen right away in their game against Simokin. He hit the nail right on the head with Shooka They need something positive to happen, and I think the kids would be resilient enough to build off of that. Uh, You know, whether it's a sustained drive, whether it's a a special team score, or just a good defensive stop to get their confidence back, that's something that I think they need to look forward to. As far as being the same as last year, um, I'm I'm thinking that uh that there could be some carryover, but I, I would think that there's enough kids on this on the team that played last year and saw that it could be successful i yeah. try to rule that
1: one
4: out as far as that goes.
1: Okay. I mean, getting a takeaway early would be great too. I mean it's just yeah, something mean, you set yourself the up to some momentum.
4: Jersey Jersey Shore had two fumble recoveries and an interception against the Braves that stalled uh, the offense, and uh, Shicklemy had no turnover. I mean, Jersey Shore had no turnover against Shicklemy. So, Jersey Shore played one of the best football games that I've seen, and I know I'm I'm sounding like a broken record when I said Central Mountain was good, but uh, the the kids from Jersey Shore, uh, I think it was – uh, Broyles from Arkansas said he liked him lean and mean, and those kids are lean and mean. <laughs> they really yeah. put on a show against yeah. the Braves last Friday night.
1: Alright, so is there a, a matchup here somewhere in here that you think it gives Shikolimi a good shot?
4: Well, I, th- I think this week against Milton, Milton's uh, in the same position as Shikolimi as last year. Milton, I don't know if they won a game last year. I'm not sure. They might not have, but uh, right. but. The, the communities are very similar, and uh, it's it's always a it's always a good matchup for the Braves and uh, shimokin who was beat pretty poor, very pretty bad by Jersey Shore, came out and and uh, and defeated Milton last week, thirty-seven to six. So I would think that that both teams are Milton and Shacklehami are both in the same situation. They're just trying to trying to you know to get some positive things to happen and. Uh, Milton I, I think as far as uh, offense and defensive lines the Braves match up very well against them uh, and as far as quarterbacks I think the Braves might have a little bit uh, more of an edge there Drew's been quarterbacking the braves for three years now uh, running backs uh, you know they they do have a couple of good running backs in in uh, Camello and and also in uh, minion but uh, the Braves also have some good running backs I think I think Milton uh, Milton might have a little bit of an edge as far as as passing because they've got Minium's a pretty good uh, deep mm-hmm. threat. So, um, but yeah. I do think this will be this will be you know this is a pivotal week, and uh, I, I think it could be a turning point for either the Braves or for the Black Panthers, depending on who plays the best on Friday night.
1: Yep, I think this is a big game because you'd be amazed. And how much better you practice when you have something positive. All right.
4: Oh yeah. Hey, listen. I remember. Chief always. Remember Chief. coaching.
1: Yeah, exactly. Chief, always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks so much.
4: Thank you, Steve. You have a good week. All right. Thank you.
1: You, you too. Dave Ritchie, and that game will be on WKOK. And 100.9, the valleys where Lewisburg resides. Greg Wetzel now resides with us on the radio. Greg, welcome back, my friend. Uh, congrats on the uh, two over par 74.
5: Uh, that would be wonderful if it was true, but not quite true today.
1: <laughs> uh, just roll with me on this. Work with me. <laughs> gotcha. <you. laughs> it, ma- it makes you about- feel better, it makes, was- makes you look good.
5: <laughs> I was two over in the front nine. How's that?
1: That's pretty good. That's pretty good.
5: I didn't maintain that level of play. (laughs) There you go.
1: (laughs) Quick quick story about that. The other day I shot thirty nine. It was I was on the white course. So I shot thirty nine. So I texted Jack Ham and I said, Jack, shot thirty nine, but I think it was the cart. And I took a picture of the cart and I said it was card number fifty nine. (laughs)
5: <laughs> there you go. That's right. <laughs> and he texted back,
1: Steve. It can only help. <laughs> all right. right. Uh, are you are you surprised at all by by the Lewisburg start, Greg?
5: Uh, I, I am. I I thought um, they had a shot to be two and zero at this time. Definitely thought they'd be one and one at this time, but. um their, their offensive line just has not held up well against the defensive fronts of Central Columbia and Mifflinburg, and th- that's really been the name of the game for them the first two weeks. They haven't been able to generate any offense with arguably pro- one of the best running backs in the area, and Max Moyers.
1: How many guys are playing two ways, and in particular how many guys are playing both ways in the interior line?
5: Uh, in the interior line they shuffle back and forth so they have they have seven guys playing at okay. essentially the tens you know uh, the eight defensive line spots and offensive line so they're, they're shuffling them in and out uh, so so that I don't think is a huge issue Steve um, going both ways they have six guys going both
1: ways uh, and that
5: hasn't that doesn't seem to be a major issue right now. Uh, the The problem is, and I shouldn't say that, it, it might be an issue on the line because those kids are big. And, you know, in, early in the season with the warm weather and stuff, fatigue does play a, a role later in the game. I mean, Mifflinburg scored their one touchdown from six yards out on a quarterback sneak. So, you know, that that could be fatigue or, or poor technique, which is a cause of, of fatigue, you know, so.
1: Right. Uh, how now? Look, you got to play the full four quarters. But how important exactly. would be? How would it be important? Would it be for Lewisburg to have something early happen that's really good? And now they get to play the game with the lead.
5: You know that that would be really important. And and they're they're probably their toughest game. One of their toughest games of the year is coming up this Friday night in Danville, who has. Maybe the best quarterback in District 4, arguably the best quarterback. He's thrown for over 5,000 yards in his career. He's rushed for close to 1,000 yards in his career. And he kicks off, he kicks extra points, and he punts. Uh, so that's the kid they're up against this week, and Danville as a team is averaging 52 points a game right now. And they need something positive to happen. Um, their offense they were running was a triple option, I believe you're going to see the triple option still, but I think you're going to see a lot more shotgun with Max Moyers now being six yards behind the line of scrimmage and seeing some area that he can run instead of in that Navy offense triple option where he's three yards behind the line of scrimmage. So I think that's going to help them offensively. It's a question whether you see that this week because of the caliber of competition they're playing.
1: Can does this team have the capability... What would it mean to this team to not only finish the drive, but eat up time on drives as they finish them?
5: That would be huge. That that would be a huge thing, Steve, for this team to go down the field and score a touchdown. Uh, last week, they scored two, two touchdowns, and the total... Uh, probably amount of time they had the ball in each of those drives was uh, two minutes per drive. And so are they're not, they're not keeping the clock keeping the ball uh, they ran 29 plays last week. Mifflinburg had a running back that ran, ran the ball 30 times. Oh, yeah. You can see what's going on with their offense with their defense is on the field an awful lot. And, and if you look at the statistics, you're going to say oh their defense is playing pretty well because you know they Mifflinburg only rushed for 160 yards last week. And they, and they ran the ball like 45 times. So, you know, it's not that bad of an average when you look at it. But a lot of times they're in a third and two situation, oh. fourth and one, those yeah. types of things. So it, it, they just need somebody to make a play and get them excited about playing football again and playing with the lead.
1: Yeah, because that, that's what, hey, look, he's only averaging this, but third and two, third and one, and that's just exactly. a recipe for disaster.
5: Yep, you're exactly right.
1: Yeah, Greg, Greg, always a pleasure. Appreciate Great you very much. You. Same yep, here, Greg. Have fun. Take care, man. You too, Greg Wetzel. You're here. At the game on 100.9 The Valley, Seals Grove on Eagle 107, Lewisburg on 100.9 The Valley, and Shikellamy on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK.
0: Fall is here, and just like the leaves, prices are falling on new Kias at Sunbury Motors Kia. It's time to get into Sunbury Motors Kia. While others don't have what you're looking for, SMC comes through. 2020 Kia Serranos are up to $6,475 off. Save over four grand on 2020 Kia Sportages and drive away in a 2020 Kia Soul for as low as $17,990. When you stop by, all prices are clearly marked with rebates and discounts. See the sticker and know the savings. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Celebrate fall in a new New Kia from Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Savings include all applicable discounts and rebates through KMF, including Sunbury Motors Kia discounts. Warranty is limited to powertrain warranty. For details, see dealer or go to kia.com.
1: See, I think the suit would look good on big, glossy pages, don't you
2: I'm thing. not sure if he would even say that. Oh, no,
1: no. I mean, you know, because, you know, there are other parts of the magazine. True. Just kind of flip through and, like, as fast as you can, I don't need to see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there's some work to be done in our area, huh? Uh, with the... Uh, See if the uh, high school football teams can break through this week.
2: Yeah. Big big game for all, all of our teams this week.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
2: I'm very yeah. much looking forward to the uh, Seals grove smoking game. I'll be on the TV call for that. I think that's going to be a great, great game. Very evenly uh, matched teams, as Zach talked about.
1: Terrific. Uh, I'm sure you'll do a great job. I'm sure you'll do a great job. And, uh... Penn State, as I mentioned earlier, Penn State football made the transition from at what they call skill instruction stage now to actual preseason practice stage. So they're getting that in gear now to get ready for the opener at Indiana. And I know I've already been asked. It's interesting when you, in interviews. I've been asked so many times for obvious reasons. About broadcasting a game in an empty stadium. And I'll come back and I'll give you the answer about that in uh, a few minutes after the top of the hour, because it's actually a very easy answer. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Care, routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com on News Radio 1070 WKOK.